Hello, and welcome to I Watch This As An Adult, the podcast where I review movies from my childhood from an adult perspective. And this week, I'll be reviewing 1988's Coming to America. Hello, everybody, and welcome to I Watch This As An Adult, episode 98. Today we're going to be talking about coming to America in the first installment of Black Love Month. Just like every other month, I have my wife Shauna here with me. Say hello to the people. Hello, how's everybody doing? She's over here doing doing where the money resides, uh, hands or whatever the <laughs> fuck she was doing. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, and today we're going to be talking about coming to America, but before I do that, gotta do things i watched this week and let's get into it i gotta talk about episode six of the book of boba fett i know you're not i know you're not really a star wars person so like this is this is gonna be a solo review of just gonna uh talk about it chime in as you just you just shaking your head just <laughs> <laughs> with your pursed lips but uh just just mm-mm, mm-mm. that's what i've been that's what i've been doing this whole show mm-hmm. the whole time watching this show yes it's been because up until now yeah the show's been fucking terrible <laughs> the show's been bad uh they had to bring they had to bring the mandalorian in last week mm-hmm and you haven't watched even watched The Mandalorian yet. No. I mean, Mandalorian's a good fucking show. Really good. Okay. He's kind of like Boba Fett, but in like a more glossy armor and cooler. But, uh, you know, he's like that. Okay. Um, uh, but, yeah, he showed up last episode, saved the show. Saved the show so much that they brought him back for another episode. <laughs> they brought him back. This this episode here, man, shit, they they threw in the kitchen sink. Is what they did. It was like, it was like, it was like if these shows weren't like filmed beforehand, you would have thought they would have saw like the, the 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 count for viewers on the book of Boba Fett. They would have been like, they probably got some analytics and some shit, and it was like, oh shit, the fucking ratings is going down. I'm like bringing the Mandalorian, you know, mm-hmm. but. And this one, they 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 did that shit times ten, because <laughs> they brought in this episode. They brought in the Mandalorian. Yes. They brought in uh uh. There's this uh character named uh, this popular uh Jedi female Jedi character named Ahsoka, mm-hmm. who's played by Rosario Dawson. Yes. Uh, she was also on the Mandalorian. Also, they brought her back. Okay. They brought back Baby Yoda, uh Grogu. They brought him back. Uh, they even brought back, uh, they even brought back the, uh, the sheriff from the Mandalorian, which is played by, uh, Timothy Oliphant. Uh, he was the killer in Scream too. Uh, yeah, they even brought him back. He was on the, uh, he was on the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Uh, they brought him back. And this is the kicker. You know, you know, your show is suffering mm-hmm. when you got to bring back. A de-aged Luke Skywalker. Oh wow! <laughs> Luke Skywalker was here, y'all. <laughs> they pulled him out. They pulled him out. They pulled out their trump card. It was like bring in Luke. We like we 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 can't we can't do this shit no more. Bring him in. <laughs> and like Luke Skywalker took up like fifty percent of the goddamn episode. <laughs> This ain't even Boba Fett's show no more. This is killing time. <laughs> he just did. Oh, oh, they did bring him back. Mm-hmm. They brought him back. Just not to say anything. He made a cameo on his own fucking show. <laughs> he made a cameo in his own show. Yeah. He was just standing there. He was just standing there because, like, um, the whole, the, the other episodes were him... I think like the um, cause like he's going up against this this uh, this uh like crime empire called the Pike Syndicate. Yes, they're like a bunch of like fish people or something. They wear like these masks, mm-hmm. 
And with they, they kind of like they kind of drug dealers. They kind of space drug dealers because they sell spice. Oh, okay. Yeah, which is kind of like the cocaine of, the, of space, yeah, you know. Right. So like they 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 like drug dealers. They like they 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 moving bricks. They pushing weight. So uh, so uh, t- they tell people you want to get wet. No point to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like you, you say, look at they, they they sell that shit to uh, Boba. Like damn, Boba, I ain't know you like to get wet. You like, like this that butt naked, you know. But whatever. But uh, yeah, it was. But yeah, that's what they doing. So like, uh, Boba is like, man, you ain't gonna be dealing them drugs in my universe. So yeah. uh, so he getting a crew together, and his crew is him. Uh, he's got this chick named uh Phoenix Shaw, uh, Phoenix Shaw, who's played by Ming Na Wen. Uh. And uh, he has uh, this big black Wookie. His name is his name is Black Chrysanthian. Mm-hmm. That's his name, Black Chrysanthian. And he's got like a bunch of like TikTokers. <laughs> Oh wait, you gotta see these guys. Yeah. You gotta see these guys in order to get what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. It was like these guys, they look like a bunch of TikTokers <laughs> with like cause like they're supposed to be cyborgs. Yeah. They look like a bunch of TikTokers. With like prosthetic eyes and prosthetic arms and right. shit, and I was like, "Where you get these guys from? You got these guys from fucking YouTube? What the fuck?" <laughs> and it was like, and they come up in there and fight people, and people making make fun of them and be calling them the Power Rangers. Right, that's been a running joke with them. Even I saw them, I'm like, "Oh shit, the Power Rangers are back." I was like, <laughs> "But yeah, man, this show, this show is. I'm like, this show is just getting fucking ridiculous, bro." It's getting ridiculous. It ain't even about fucking Boba Fett no more. Wow. Because he's so fucking boring. He's a boring character. Uh, they also um, they also brought in like this other. They brought in like this really interesting. They brought in this is the thing because like you had the Pike Syndicate. You don't really see very much, mm-hmm. but you know what they do. You kind of catch on to what they do. They kind of like oh yeah, they kind of drug dealers and some shit, right? Right. But. They hired this like gunslinging alien guy. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm not that. I'm not that. I'm not that uh, big on like Star Wars lore outside of the movies or television shows. So, not even the television shows, because I know they got cartoons. Because this guy comes from the I think uh, the Bad Batch, which is yeah. a, which is a, a Star Wars show. And I think he was on Clone Wars too, is what I was hearing. But like, I don't watch. I don't watch the fucking Star Wars cartoons. So I don't know much about them. Uh, so, so I don't know much about them, but like they brought this guy in. He's like an alien. He's got he's like blue, mm-hmm. and he wears like he walks around like black. He's like uh, he walks around like a fucking like like cowboy, like a desperado. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got like the fucking. He looks like the Undertaker. Right. He like he's like a blue alien Undertaker, pretty much. Right. And he has like the because he has like the hat, and he walks around and all black. Got a long black jacket. And like he got like a blue face and he's got like these big like X-File alien eyes wow. you know so and so and like he's a fucking gunslinger mm-hmm. and like he don't fuck around and I was like how come y'all ain't bring this dude in earlier <laughs> you know I was like this dude looks cool <laughs> I was like y'all ain't had this is what y'all was missing y'all was missing cool characters you brought this guy in episode six. There's only one more episode left, by the way. Yeah. So they brought this dude in six episodes too late. You know, <laughs> they did that. Uh, we finally get a, we finally get a sense of what the Pike Syndicate is doing in this episode. Mm-hmm. Cause uh, there's a there's a uh, there's a there's a bar that uh, Boba Fett goes to every now and again. Everybody go oh, go over there to gamble, get fucked up. You know, I think they could probably get some alien pussy on the side or some shit too. Uh, I think like the chick, the chick that run the bar, she like running hoes and some shit, like alien hoes. But uh, you know, but it, and the, the main chick is uh, played by uh, Jennifer Bills. You know, the chick from Flashdance. Hmm. You remember Flashdance? The main character. Yeah, the main character in Flashdance. Yeah. She runs the bar. She's like a what they call a Twilight, which is like a they're like like alien chicks, but like they're like hot alien chicks because like they got like the. You, um, have you seen, have you ever seen Return of the Jedi? You know what, Return of the Jedi. I 
don't remember. It's uh, been a, it's been a long time. I'm trying to think of some other movies. They've been in a couple movies, but uh, yeah, yeah, they're like, they're like the, the 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 colorful chicks. Like they're really like they're sexy and like they're colorful and they got like the fucking long braids thing, like the long like kind of like braid things coming off their hair and shit. <laughs> but like she's playing one of those. They're okay. they're called Twilights. And she's like, she runs the bar. She runs that club. And the Pike Syndicate come up in there. Right. And uh, they just coming up in there. And, like, they got, like, this canister with them. Mm-hmm. And they sit there. And, like, they, like, talking to each other for a little bit shit. <laughs> and they talk to each other for a little bit shit. And I think, like, what, like, a droid comes over and asks them, hey, what do you guys want? Or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. And they just looking at him like, they're like, we don't want shit, right? You know? <laughs> right. And then they walk out. They walk out. And that's when you know, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> right? They just walk out. Because they leave the canister. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And then uh, Jennifer Beals' character is walking over. Is walking over. And she see them walk out. And she catch on right away. She like, but she ain't got enough time to react. Because next thing you know, Boom! <laughs> Blow, blow that club the fuck up. <laughs> I was like, God damn. <laughs> but yeah, man, that was... But yeah, man, this episode... It was a it was a good episode. They end on a cliffhanger because uh, Luke is uh, training uh, Baby Yoda yes. to be a Jedi. Cool. And the Mandalorian made, like, this armor for Baby Yoda. And... Luke had to make a choice. He was like, because he was like, I got a lightsaber for you. <laughs> and I got the armor that the Mandalorian made. <laughs> and he's like, if you pick the lightsaber, you get to be a Jedi and train under me for many years or something like that. He was saying. Mm-hmm. And he's like, if you pick the armor, you can no longer be a Jedi and you could go back to the Mandalorian or some shit like that, he said. Mm-hmm. And they kind of leave you on a cliffhanger there. And I'm like, motherfucker, we already know he's going to pick the armor. He's <laughs> 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 like, we know he's going to pick the armor. I'm like, why y'all, why y'all bullshitting us? Right. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, why y'all bullshitting us? That'd be crazy if he picked the, jet, uh, the lightsaber. Uh, Disney ain't gonna let them pick the lightsaber because they trying to sell them Baby Yoda toys. <laughs> They're like, little motherfucker, you better pick that armor so we can sell these goddamn toys. You <laughs> like, we got Mandalorian season three coming. You get, you need to be there. You know. So they was like, <laughs> but, but yeah, man. Overall, this episode was okay. They they stuffed too much because they're trying because they spent so much time just fucking lollygagging in the other like in the other episodes. That they're just stuffing too much into this episode. The finale's next week. We'll see what happens there. But that was my review of I almost said the Mandalorian. <laughs> I almost said the man. <laughs> almost called it the Mandalorian. The Book of Boba Fett. That was my review of Book of Boba Fett season six. But now me and you, we watch something together. Yes. Yes. So this is where you can chime in a little bit more. Because <laughs> you actually watched this. Uh, we watched the, uh, Pam and Tommy, uh, docu-series. Yeah. Or not docu-series, but mini-series, because it's not documentary. It's not real. It's not really them. Right. But, uh, yeah, we watched that. Uh, what was your first impressions of the, because they, they only released three episodes. Yeah. I think there's more to come. They only released three, but what's your, what's your, uh, overall uh, thoughts on the three episodes we did watch I I was like man I gotta see that actual tape <laughs> you that's gotta the see first the thing I said to myself I never saw it I never really saw it either I never saw it a lot of people like told me about it but I never saw it mm-hmm. you can't find it I tried to find it. Try to find it. I can't, you can't I, find it. I know. I was like, that was something in my head. I was like, I'm gonna try to find the tape, but you already told me that you can't find it. So no, you can't find it. <laughs> you can't find the shit. <laughs> but there's another tape that's out there. Yeah. You know, with her and you know. Oh uh, yeah, uh, Brett Michaels. Yeah, her from, Brett Michaels. From Poison. He's the lead singer of Poison. Yeah. Yeah, with that guy. Yeah, I don't. I don't even know why that one. I was <laughs> like, well. 
okay so if you can put that out there why not one with Tommy because <laughs> <laughs> like, the motherfuckers put a cease and desist on that motherfucker I probably know, that's, that's, why, why. that's what the fuck happened <laughs> Uh, you can't show that shit ever again. Ever again. But uh, yeah, man. Like this show, you kind of break. They kind of break it up in the first three episodes. They kind of break it up in three bits. Yeah. Because the first episode is about because uh, Seth Rogen is on this show. Seth Rogen is here. He plays like the con- like not the contractor, but like one of the uh, carpenters. Yeah. Cause that that works on uh, that works on Pam and Tommy's house, right? And so we kind of fo- we're kind of the first episode's really focusing on him mm-hmm. because like he gets into a confrontation with Tommy Lee and all this stuff. Tommy Lee's a fucking dick. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy Lee's a fucking dick on here, man. Sebastian Stan plays him like a fucking he's a fucking asshole man (laughs) (laughs) you're like this motherfucker pulling guns on people and shit i like uh i like for sebastian they have to make like an angle where he can look taller than seth rogan yeah because seth rogan's taller than him yeah i find that funny yeah that is hilarious because like uh because like sebastian stan's not that fucking tall great but uh even though he plays a superhero people but uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, but he's not that tall. <laughs> but, but yeah, man, he's he's pulling guns on people and just just not paying people. Cause that's that's like the whole fucking beef between Tommy Lee and the uh and the contract and the, uh and the carpenter that Seth Rogen's put playing is that money's not an option. That <laughs> yeah, you gotta fucking pay me first, right. you know, cause he ain't paying this motherfucker. You know, he ain't he ain't paying him, right? And so, and so, he's mad about that shit. So he's like, "I want my, I want my fucking money." He's like, you want me to do all this because he's making them pay for it, and then he promised that they that uh, he reimbursed them. So they're really coming out of their own pockets to built this love shack you know yeah it looked like it building like a fucking sex dungeon as you were saying <laughs> yeah it looked like a sex dungeon mm-hmm. and he's like having them do all this outlandish crazy shit and they're like we can't fucking do this what the fuck are you talking about right you right know? and then they actually built like the foundation and he told them to pull it up and move it like i guess like 10 inches towards the door or are we away from the door or whatever it was yeah. just crazy yeah cause he's like I want to see Pam showering or some shit while I'm in bed or some shit he was saying right and uh they was doing that and so like uh, yeah this pretty pretty much like this is about the, this is the episode about the first episode is about Seth Rogen's character the second episode is about how Pam and Tommy met, mm-hmm. you know, they got they, how they met and it got was pretty badass. I like yeah, that. How they met and got married. And props, yeah. props to Lily James. She's got Pam Anderson <laughs> down to the T. She looks very unrecognizable. <laughs> she is unrecognizable as Pam Anderson because I know what Lily James really looks like. Because right. like she was in this movie. Uh, I, I think I tried to show you this movie. She's in a movie called Little Woods mm. with uh, Tessa Thompson. She oh, played yeah. like uh, Tessa Thompson's sister, right? In that movie, and she's like she's like really downplayed and frumpy looking in that movie. Uh, here, like she's all dolled up and just and naked all the time. <laughs> you know, like she's. Fucking naked. And it's crazy because um uh, her boobs are fake. Yeah, they, yeah, they gave her fake boobs. They gave her the fake titties. It's like a yeah. bodysuit. <laughs> they gave her the fake titties. They gave her the fake boobs. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it was literally a bodysuit. They put the bodysuit over her actual boobs. Over her actual boobs. To make it look more like her uh, Pamela Anderson breasts. Yeah. Yeah, and like it's like she's walking around fucking naked all the goddamn time in this movie. I don't even think I was like, like. I want to say 80% of this goddamn show, she's naked. Right. Like, she's just walking around, ass out, 
you know, <laughs> just fake titties out. Like you gotta be very comfortable in your skin for these for this part. For this role, man. Like, Sebastian's like naked too. Yeah, Sebastian like, stands walking around naked a lot too. He's got like he wear like the fucking thong a lot though. And he got the fake penis. You got, can tell that's you know <laughs> the funniest shit. It's the fake penis. The funniest shit is when they show the dick. Right. They show the penis. And like they got the part where the penis actually fucking talks. It's like having a full conversation with him. He's having a conversation with his dick. <laughs> but yeah, man, that I like I actually like that episode a little bit more than the first episode. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite one. But then they do the third episode where they kind of focus on both of them. They focus on Pam and Tommy. Mm-hmm. And they focus on uh, Seth Rogen's character. And then you got uh, the the sleazy porn director who's played by uh, Nick Offerman from Parks and Recreations, right? Because uh, like they that's when like because they, they get the tape and well, Seth Rogen's character steals the tape and Dice is in there too. Yeah, Andrew Dice Clay is Andrew in there Dice too. Clay. He has like a cameo. He's like he's there for like like five minutes, you know? Right. <laughs> like he's there for five minutes. Uh, but yeah, he's a. But yeah, like they're trying to, cause like they're trying to sell the tape, mm-hmm. and like all the all the porn all the porno companies are telling them no because they're like we don't know where you got this tape from, we don't know if we got their consent to put this out, right. you know, and all this shit. We like we ain't trying to get in trouble like that, right? You know, so like they 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 talk about how they put the shit on the internet, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah, and so they put the shit on the internet, and pretty much, you know. Everything starts surfacing. Everything starts surfacing. Uh, I don't think this episode, it doesn't get to um, Pam and Tommy yet. Right. It doesn't get to them yet. Mm-hmm. You gotta wait till the, the episode four. Right. For that. But yeah, out of all three episodes, which was your favorite? I like them all. They're all interesting. You like them all? Yeah. I like, I like two. Mm-hmm. Two is my favorite. Episode two is my favorite. Mm-hmm. Episode one is good because you kind of you gotta set it up. Episode three is a little weak to me. You know, there's not a lot happening because like there's a part where like you see Pam on the set of Baywatch and she's mad because she ain't got no lines or some shit like that. She's supposed to have this big powerful scene and right, it's like she's oh trying to be taken seriously and they were like oh we cut that shit out. They were like, <laughs> they were like, they were like, like you're there. <laughs> For the eye candy, that's yeah. your job. Everybody came in just to see your tits, okay? Just, just be that. But, uh, but yeah. And she shoot. Oh, oh shit! The the thing that got made me laugh. Yeah. Is around this time she was shooting barbed wire. Right. And you know I reviewed barbed wire. I- <laughs> <laughs> and I had flashbacks right. from that shit. I was like, that movie is fucking terrible. Right. <laughs> Oh my god! But yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait to see the rest of this show, man. And they they should have just put it all out, but like we're gonna, they're gonna wait till like next week to put the rest of it out, you know. So we'll see. We'll probably be back here next week to talk about the rest of it. But that's it. We're gonna be back with our review of Coming to America after these messages. <laughs> Alright guys, welcome back to the show Coming to America from 1988 It's the movie we're doing tonight You know, I like to do it I like to talk about how I saw it As a child How we saw it as a child This time uh, the theme music Coming to America <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that happened But uh, <laughs> I love you, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, I saw this movie for the first time on uh, network TV. Yeah. Actually, you know, remember when like they used to play? Remember? Yeah, there used to be a thing where they used to play movies on like network television, like ABC, NBC, CBS, you know, whatever the fuck. Yeah. Same thing. Uh, yeah. Same here. Yeah. Yeah. So. I saw this movie on network TV, which means I saw the edited version first. I didn't see the rated R version. 
I didn't I didn't uh see the non-edited version, the rated R version till maybe like a couple of years later. I think I saw it on cable. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Oh, wow." I was like, "This movie this movie is wilder than I thought it was." You know? <laughs> I know when I first saw like the rated R version, I thought it was like uncut or whatever. Yeah, it, like it it felt like that like cuz like I, I saw the, the edited version. I think I, I think they showed this movie on like CBS or some shit. Mm-hmm. Cause I remember like my parents were talking about, oh, I remember we we went to go see Coming to America, and I was like, oh y'all did, I was like, you know, <laughs> oh where? I was like, but <laughs> I was like, cause it was 1988, I was alive then, right. so I was like, so <laughs> I had to be like what three, three years old I think, four years old maybe, yeah. but uh, the three or four, yeah, around that time, around in that age, but uh. <laughs> But yeah, I was like, yo, word, I was alive then. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I ain't know y'all went to go see this movie. But anyway, yeah, that's how I saw the movie. I saw the movie on uh, network television. How'd you see it? Like, same way, network television. Same way. And then cable. It was like, I thought, like I said, I thought it was like, when it had the, the radio R version, I thought it was like uncut. Because mm-hmm. it had extra scenes I haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I was young. Yeah. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't either. I just yeah. thought the shit was funny. Right. I just, just the was... scenery and everything. Yeah, like at, any, at this I time, I mean, like you get it, but yeah. you don't fully understand it. And at that time, what kid didn't fucking love Eddie Murphy? Right. You know, because like, like you're like you're. It's like the two things. It's like the two things that you're indoctrinated to like at that time in the early nineties, like. Like Beverly Hills Cop. Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah, you like Beverly Hills Cop. But like the two things that you were indoctrinated to like is like Michael Jackson. And Eddie Murphy. And Eddie Murphy. <laughs> you know, like they like and Michael Jordan. And Michael Jordan. Yes. Right. Michael Jordan. Like they they put that on you at birth. You know, like you come out the you come out the you come out the womb. Eddie Murphy. You know, like you know right. like you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yeah, but like This is Eddie Murphy, kids. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I wonder if that's what all his kids said when they popped out of the vagina. Like, Eddie Murphy! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, let's get to the technical. Um, this movie was directed by John Landis, who was a world-famous director. He directed some movies you might know. I'm going to name some of them all. Okay. He directed The Blues Brothers. Oh yeah, I love Blues Brothers. He directed American Werewolf in London. Yeah. He directed Trade and Places. Oh, yeah. He also directed Thriller oh. by Michael Jackson. Hmm. And he also uh, got two people killed, uh, got three people killed on the Twilight Zone set. Dang. Yeah. Did he do that? Uh, he was doing a, uh, a, a, a scene where, like, it was supposed to have a helicopter. Oh. With this, uh, it was an actor named Vic Murrow. He was actually Vic Morrow is actually the uh, the father of uh, Jennifer Jason Lee. Jennifer Jason Lee, you may know her from uh, she she was the the crazy chicken single white female. Mm. And she was also in a, no, that's Bridget Fonda. I was about to say she was a Jackie Brown. That's Bridget Fonda. But and they uh, got their head decapitated. Yeah, and like the kid. I think I remember. Yeah, yeah, because like he was that. he was supposed to go save the two kids. Right. And he and the kids, they got like decapitated. Right. All three of them. Yeah. And uh, John Landis actually went to court for that shit. You know, he was he was held liable for that. He beat the case. Wow. Yeah, so, so. He didn't tell them to take the kids and, like, duck their heads or anything like that. I mean, he was shooting. He was shooting, they had bombs going off and all this shit, man. You know, but. That sucks. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember that. I but, remember yeah, that. He, yeah, he did that movie also. Um, But, yeah, that's that. Uh, The screenplay was written by David Sheffield and Barry Blaustein who uh, went, actually went on to work with uh, Eddie Murphy in the future on a movie called Boomerang. Mm-hmm. They wrote Boomerang also. Um, the movie had a budget of $36 million and brought in $288.8 million at the box office. So you could say that's a success. <laughs> yeah, it is. The movie has a Rotten Tomato score of 72%. 
which I don't understand. I never understood the Rotten Tomato scores. I mean, because I, I get the title and the score confused. Mm-hmm. Because Rotten Tomatoes mean bad, right? So I'm thinking if it's a high number, is that bad or good? Yeah. I mean, if like, it's, it's still. a low number, is that bad or good? I think, like, because it's still uh, certified. Because, like, you got, like, if it's, like, I think it was just, like, a 60 or under. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember the Rotten Tomato scores. I think if it's, like, a 60 or under, it's a Rotten Tomato. But if it's uh, like no, if it's I think it's like if it's like sixty four and under, it's a rotten tomato. I think if it's like sixty five and up, it's certified fresh. Oh, okay, 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 I get it. But like, yeah, but like, it's still certified fresh, but it's still too low for me. But uh, you know. yeah, because because what I thought was they called it rotten tomatoes. I thought that if it's uh, if it's high, then mm. it means a bad movie. Or if it's low, then that means fresh because it's called Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. I mean, it seems like, you know, it seems that way because of the title. Right. Uh, yeah, but they got that. Also, did you know that there was a sitcom version of Coming to America? No. Yes, there was a sitcom. There was a pilot of Coming to America. I think it was on, I think it was on CBS. Mm-hmm. It is fucking terrible. It's the worst shit you ever <laughs> want to fucking see. Cause who's in it? It's uh, this is the story. Cause like, the story is that Hakeem has a brother named Tyreek, and he sends Tyreek to America with uh Paul Bates, who plays the fat guy uh Oha, uh. He sends them to America because Tyreek, he says Tyreek spoiled and entitled and needs to be taken down a peg. So he sends him to America to uh, learn how to to learn how to fend for himself, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, it's Tommy Davidson as Tyreek, and. Like the only other character from the movie, as like I said, is Paul Bates who plays the big guy Oha. Like he's the only other character from the movie mm-hmm. that's in the TV show. Everybody else is just an original character, mm-hmm. and it's 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 just so fucking bad because like uh you got Tommy Davidson just doing Tommy Davidson shit, you know, just acting crazy, just doing impersonations, just a Stevie Wonder impersonation. Does a Michael Jackson impersonation mm. and all this shit? All that in one pilot. All that in one pilot. Yeah, but like it's the stupidest. It's the fucking stupidest shit you ever want to see. And I was like, Eddie Murphy was like, I ain't, I ain't doing this bullshit. <laughs> it was like nobody. I was like, nobody asked for this. Nobody fucking asked for this. But yeah, don't check it out. I was about to say, check it out. Don't you don't even waste your time. I mean, like it's. I, I just told you. I, I just told you what the fuck it was. But, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, let's get into the movie. Um, do you want to start us off, or should I? I can go ahead. <laughs> okay. Let's now. Let's get into thoughts about the movie. The first thing I wanted to talk about is uh. This was the first movie that Eddie Murphy's ever done with an all-black cast. Hmm. He's never done a movie with an all-black cast till this movie. Wow. Every other movie, every other movie, he's either, like, the only black guy or, like, another black guy's there, but he ain't really there, you know? You know, some shit <laughs> like that. <laughs> but, yeah, man, like, this, this, this is the first, this is the first movie he's done like this. Um... You know, the second was Boomerang. You know, so, <laughs> so those are the, those are like some of the, some of the only movies he's done with an all black cast. Um, I love how this movie starts off because it's just like pure satire, and like they're just like making fun of royalty. Yeah, you know, because like Prince Hakeem, he's like. He has everybody waiting hand and foot on him. 
like hand and foot and ass because they, they even wipe his ass when he takes a shit you know because <laughs> he's even talking to me he was like can i can i go to the can i go to the bathroom without anybody in there now <laughs> he was just like you know, right. pretty, he's like i want to go to the bathroom by myself this is watch the scrotum by itself. Okay, watch his watch his, his balls. Like somebody's got to wash his balls for him. He does everything. Like they do they do everything for him. Got to have rose petals at his feet and shit. You know, he sits like 50 feet away from his parents. You know? <laughs> like they got to talk to each other on a goddamn intercom or some shit. You know? <laughs> and it's it it all that shit. Um the accents in them, I, was, I have a problem with the accents in this movie too. Right. Like the accents in this movie go in and out, like especially Arsenio Hall's right. accent. Cause like, it's like, he's not even, he's not even fucking trying. <laughs> <laughs> he's not even fucking trying. He's like, he's just doing the fucking uh, Scarlet Witch and he's just like, fuck it. You know, this, this is my voice. <laughs> like, Take it or leave it. You know, I'm friends with the star, you know, so, you know, right. so he's just like, whatever the fuck. Um, everybody remembers the African dance scene. Uh, fun fact about that scene. Yeah. Is, uh, everybody knows that Paul Abdul, uh, choreographed it. Everybody knows that. Right. But you know who made the costumes? Oh. The director, John Landis's wife. Oh. She made the costumes. I think she actually won an Academy Award for it too. Dope. So <laughs> for a uh, costume design. <laughs> so she has an Oscar. <laughs> John Landis's wife has an Oscar. But uh so yeah, she made the costumes. But just like everything about this scene is iconic. You got the dancing, which is just really acrobatic and all this stuff. Uh you got Paul Bates singing, you know, to say, she's your queen to me. He you know, just singing that. That shit had me laughing. You saw me. He was like, but that part when he said, she's free from infections. I got her tested. Yeah, man. That part didn't never, that part, I never got that part until I grew up. Right. Until I got older, I after, was like, after you took sex education, after I took sex education, I had sex. You know, so, so it was just like, oh, I know what he's talking about now. But uh, you know, <laughs> I like Vanessa Bell as pretty much the fucking Stepford wife right. bride that just does everything right. that she's told. Mm-hmm. That's hilarious. That's an iconic scene where she's barking like a dog and he's got her hopping on one leg and shit like that. You know that that that's fucking funny, right? Uh, another thing that's underrated in here that you, you, you don't really see very much, but they got a there's a there's a little cool scene in here between Eddie Murphy and James Earl Jones, who plays uh, Eddie's father, the King. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the father and son chemistry between the two of them, right? Like you actually believe it, right? You know. Even though, like, he's kind of like, even though, like, uh, James Earl Jones is like giving his son like all the wrong advice, <laughs> you know? he's like, "Hey, yeah, you want to go to America and fuck some hoes? I right. you like, you, know, you can come back, you come back and marry this broad after you're done with that, all right? But uh, you know, but uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, man, but like, I can see why they chose him to play Mufasa, but because uh, you know, like, it was like he has that. He has that dad. We were talking about that shit. He, just, he has that dad. Right. You know, like, we were talking about fences. And it was crazy how he plays, um, like, Mufasa. Yeah. But in Coming to America, he has a, a, a lion as his meek, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, so I thought it was pretty cool. Was like that was a, dope. Like a foreshadowing. That was dope. Um... Yeah, the rest of this movie, the rest of this movie is pretty much a, uh, fish out of, a fish out of water story. You know, it's like, uh, because you, you got uh, Akeem and Arsenio Hall's character, Simi. Mm-hmm. They're like, they're just pretty much in America and they don't know what's going on in America. They don't know none of the customs. Uh, they're, they're just pretty much naive to everything, you know? So, yeah. You know, uh, and like, this is also our first introduction to Eddie, Eddie Murphy's love of playing multiple characters. Mm-hmm. You know, because you got the, the the barbershop guys, you got um, uh, uh, 
the uh Randy Watson. Mm-hmm. You know, you got all those you got all this. So like this is like our first introduction into Eddie Murphy playing characters, for better or for worse. You know, because right. <laughs> they get much worse as they go along. <laughs> I'm not right. gonna lie. But, <laughs> but uh yeah, but yeah, this movie this movie has so many quotable lines. I was like, this movie is like a fucking album. You know, <laughs> the movie's like an album. It's like it's got so many quotable lines. Like, There's a god somewhere. Larry Flint, Hugh Hefner. They could take the picture, but they can't make it. Only the god above that Hugh Hefner on high can make it. <laughs> I was like, dude, like this movie is legendary. It's got. This movie is so legendary. That's when you know your movie's on legendary status. When you every line is a slapper. Yeah. Every line. All oh, the quotes. Yeah. Every quote. The Soul Glow commercial. Right. That shit's fucking legendary. Like that shit's like a fucking time capsule to the late eighties. If you wanna, if you wanna know what the fucking late eighties was sexual like, sexual chocolate. Yeah, sexual chocolate. If you wanna know what the late eighties was like. Look at coming to America. Look at that Soul Glow commercial. Right, that's the 80s. With the fucking Jerry curls and shit. <laughs> I love that they made fun of that shit. Because they're just like, man, I'm fucking tired of all these Jerry curls. What the fuck? You know? <laughs> right. But um, speaking of characters, you know the most impressive character that Eddie Murphy plays in this movie? Yeah, the Jewish old guy. The old Jewish man, because nobody no, knew, knew it was him. Right. And I think uh, uh, John Amos, who's in this movie, who plays uh, uh, Sherry Headley. I know I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but she, he plays uh, Sherry Headley, the love interests mm-hmm. in this movie. He plays her father. I think John Amos was had an interview, mm-hmm. and he was talking about how he didn't even know that that was Eddie. Oh, that's crazy. Because he, like he said he was on the set and Eddie came up to him mm-hmm. and started talking to him and they were talking mm-hmm. the whole time and he didn't know it was Eddie. He didn't know it was Eddie. And so they told him like, you know that's Eddie, right? He was like, What? He was like, he, was like, <laughs> he said he didn't even know. Um the club scene. The club scene is also a highlight. Yeah. They go to the club and talk right. to all those girls. You know, they got the the the, the, the I worship the devil girls right. and the 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 the, the, the rapping twins, and, uh, Arsenio Hall and drag, you know? and the Jonah Art girl, Jonah Art her previous her last lifetime, whatever. Yeah, yeah, you get like all those girls, all those all those cast of characters. You know, the Arsenio Hall himself, like you said, the, 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 the drag, yeah. Uh, the black awareness pageant with Reverend Brown and Reverend and uh Randy Watson. That shit's just like five minutes of comedy gold, you know, <laughs> you know? <laughs> just hilarious. Uh, uh, we'll talk about Sh- uh, Sherry Headley. Uh, Sherry Headley is the perfect love interest as uh Lisa McDowell, yeah, it's like because like she just plays like she's just so pleasant and sweet and good natured and just like beautiful and <laughs> just she's just like perfect for this role they, they did a good job casting her right. in this role and she played the role very well she played her part just like she's like just like any other love interest in any other movie and her sister too she did a really good job playing her role as yeah. well i'm gonna get to her sister i'm yeah, gonna get to her like sister. like the fun I'm girl gonna, yeah i'm gonna get to her sister in a little bit uh the akeem akeem and us uh, semi start working at mcdonald's i mean mcdowell's yeah <laughs> we're mcdowell's did you notice i don't i don't know if anybody noticed but when when you see uh, McDowell in his office, he's actually reading the handbook of the actual <laughs> McDonald's. Yeah, he's reading the McDonald's. I don't know if anybody noticed that, but he's actually reading the handbook of the actual McDonald's. Yeah, fucking John Amos is up here reading the fucking <laughs> McDonald's handbook. I was like, hey, he look like he got caught. He was like, oh shit, they got me. He was like, he was like, he was like. <laughs> that was funny. That was funny. Uh, then we meet Daryl. 
We meet Daryl, played by Eric LaSalle, who's mm-hmm. like this uber rich asshole. And like his family like owns the Soul Glow Company. He's just a walking like he's like the walking uh parody mm-hmm. of a person with a Jerry curl. <laughs> You know, just spraying the fucking... It was literally dripping. That shit was dripping. That shit was dripping. Talk about following the drip, man. <laughs> follow the drip, follow the drip. <laughs> I'm surprised I didn't really see any drip. You could tell it was water. Yeah. Yeah, because, like, yeah, usually because when it's like... on your shirt. Yeah, if, it, if it's like the real activator, activator yeah. it starts putting stains on your shirt, yeah. your clothes, everywhere, but... He was dripping and his yeah, clothes, his clothes was, was not stained. I know I had to, I there had was to, water in the wig. <laughs> I had a I had an S curl. Yeah. Uh when I was like six. Yeah. Uh I told you this story. Remember the story? I told you like my uncle put an S curl in my head. Yeah. <laughs> was it like that or was it like like a Jerry kinda like a what you call it, a genuine S It was curl? kinda like I think it was kinda like the genuine curl, but and then it kind of turned into a Jerry curl. And because like my uncle was telling me, like, you got to put the activator in there. <laughs> you got to put the activator in there. You got to keep it wet. And I was like, and I had to wear like a bag. I had to wear like a, uh, like one of those like bags over my head. Like the, the, the plastic shower cap. Shower cap. Yeah. A shower cap on my head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> After a while, I got tired of that shit. I told my mom, I'm like, mom, cut this shit out of my head, please. And my How dad. How old were you? I was six. You were six years old at Jerry Curl. I was six I, years I old. I had cousins who were like six or seven years old at Jerry Curl too. <laughs> Jerry they got Curl. pictures too. I'm glad I ain't got with no the pictures. lasers in the background. You know you the pictures of the lasers in the background with the Jerry Curl? I had, that yes. shit. I had that shit for three weeks. My dad was pissed. I know. My dad was pissed because he was All like, why you put that hair. shit in my fucking son's hair? <laughs> I don't even know. That's healthy for a kid. And my mom was like, oh, ain't he cute? You know? <laughs> I'm gonna go tired of that shit. I was like, cut this out of my hair, mom, please. Did it burn? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because he had to put me under the. He had to put me under the. Because we did it. Because he did it at my grandma's house. Right. He did it at my grandma's house, and they had to put me under the. Uh, they had to put my head. Dryer? What? No, they had to put my head under the water. Like they had me under the faucet in the kitchen. Because it was burning. Yeah, and it was. Uh, and I was like, oh, get me out of here. Get me out of here. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, shit. At the time, like the 80s, they had Just For Me for girls too, and the girls had yeah. the same reaction. Uh, yeah, Just For Me. My, 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 my mom used to put Just For Me in my sister's hair. Yeah, she used to be like, oh yeah. She used to <laughs> cry and shit. Just For Me. <laughs> yeah, that shit is fucking funny. But yeah, guys, I, I kind of had a Jerry curl uh, for a little bit, you know. So yeah. I had my, I had my, I had my, encounter with the soul glow but but yeah so i was kind of like daryl but uh you know, but, but yeah i like the way that uh eddie murphy plays hakeem mm. i like he play because he plays him like really naive he's like he kind of plays in two ways because in when he's in uh zamunda yeah he's really strong right you know and like he knows what he wants but then like when he comes to america he's really naive it's shy, right. but he's also kind of noble. Yeah, cu- a culture you know? shock. Yeah, yeah and it's like it's just the guy. He's like he's just the guy that you uh, root for. Right. You know, uh, one thing I didn't like about this. This is the only flaw I didn't like about this movie. What's the flaw? We were talking about uh, Lisa's sister Patrice. What's wrong with Lisa's sister Patrice? I don't like how they. I don't like how they. You say fun girl. Yeah. Kind of made her a slut. I just call it, you know, sexual liberation. They kind of made her a slut. You know. Like she's a girl who's going after for what she wants. Just just looking back on it, it was kind of it was kind of unnecessary. It was unnecessary. You liked it? You was okay with that? It was like I don't I don't think it was bad. It, it wasn't like she was sleeping with everybody. You know, yeah, she She kind of was sleeping with everybody. Well, I mean, she was kissing and head jobbing, but she wasn't really penetrating, you know what I mean? And hey, man, we don't know what they did off screen. I mean, they alluded to some shit. I mean, she, but look, she she wasn't, she wasn't doing it with no brokes, with no brokey. Like, she was, she was trying to get with these dudes who got money. She so. tried to give Hakeem a hand job. She didn't know what he did. She, she, he worked for her dad. That's true. That's true. <laughs> 
She tried to give Hakeem a hand job. But then she find out that one of them were, you know, kings. Yeah. And uh, a prince. And she was not messing with Hakeem. She was messing with the servant because yeah. the servant lied. Yeah, he lied. He lied. But yeah, man. Uh, I didn't really care for that. That wasn't my. That wasn't my favorite. Thing. Okay, but well, what it, it was for with it? Huh? I just did. I just thought it was unnecessary. I didn't think they need that character. I mean, they, these women do exist, so <laughs> you can't sit there and say they don't exist. They do it. I feel. I. I realized it was a balance. It was definitely a balance. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was a balance. And then you had um, uh, Darrow, uh-huh. where he was like kind of you know, but I what. He was like kind of ignorant towards, you know, Hakeem's culture. Yeah. As if he doesn't have African roots, you know, like, well, you know what I mean? So I know. He was kind of like saying all he's types like, of like, what? Do they have clothes in Africa? <laughs> <laughs> do they, do they like, shekel spears? And I'm all like, you do yeah. know your ancestors came was, from uh, Africa, you know? And he was, uh, was kind of giving him a backward compliment when he saved his life. Yeah. Where he said, you must have learned that shit fighting lions and shit. shit. <laughs> Yeah, your ancestors was fighting lions too, Daryl. Before they came here, slave ships. Don't forget that. Yeah, but yeah, when he saved his life, when he saved his life from uh, a young Sam Jackson, or as young as he could be, right. uh, he he was quote unquote. This is his. This is his title in the movie. This is what they say in the cast. Hold up, man. Right. He was the hold up man. <laughs> That's his character's name. Right. The holdup man. Right. But yeah, so like there's a young Sam Jackson in here, and I think this is around the time like, he was like zoned out on crack cocaine. Right. So he was really in the role, probably. He probably was. <laughs> he was like, these motherfuckers gave me a gun. He was <laughs> probably on set like that. Who knows? <laughs> he was like, yeah, he was like, these motherfuckers gave me a gun. I'm like, I think I'm gonna really rob somebody. <laughs> he was like, <laughs> he was wilding. That was a method acting right there. <laughs> uh, they got the party scene. Right. Uh, uh, John Amos character invited uh, Simi and Akeem to be <laughs> servers at the party. Yeah. Uh, and I think the party scene, I think around the time in the party scene, I think that's when uh, Eddie Murphy and John Landis actually got into a fight. Mm-hmm. Eddie Murphy... And the director, okay, John Landis, got to a fight. Why? It wasn't a screaming match. They got into a fight, like physical. Why they was throwing hands? Uh, from what I uh understand, from what I read, was because John Landis directed Eddie Murphy in Trading Places, right? And uh, that was kind of like that was like Eddie's breakout role. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where you like, oh shit, this Eddie Murphy dude's about to be somebody, right? Um. Uh, and Eddie was had to be like 19 in that movie. It's like 19, 20 mm-hmm. in that movie. And so he directed him in that movie. So Eddie was like, I like John. You know, I like John. He directed me good Trade Place. I want him to direct this movie now. Mm-hmm. And um this is like five years, this is like five years later. So like Eddie's like 26 at this time, I think. He's like 25, 26 at this time. And he uh he didn't like the fact that John Landis was still treating him like that 19-year-old kid. Mm-hmm. You know, because like he came on, because he's like John Landis came on set trying to run shit. Mm-hmm. And all these like John Landis came on set trying to run shit. And he was like, and Eddie was like, nah, motherfucker. He was like, he was like, Eddie was trying to like talk to him like a kid, tell him what to do. And Eddie was like, nah, motherfucker. He was like, mm. Fuck, 26 years old now, motherfucker. You know, you like, can't be talking to me like I'm a kid anymore. You right. know? And, uh, so, <laughs> so, so, he was, so, like, they, so, and then John Landis thought, he was like, oh, he got cocky now. He, he's a big star now. And, mm-hmm. you know, this shit, he don't, he don't know nobody. He, you know, all this shit. And so, wow. These motherfuckers got into a fist fight. You know? <laughs> motherfuckers got to a fight and i think the party scene is the last scene i think they got everything else mm-hmm. uh i think the party scene was the last scene that they shot before like eddie was like i'm done or right. some shit like that and even john was like i'm done they had to get them back on set 
to finish the goddamn movie. Right. You know, because uh, especially John Landis. John Landis wanted to walk away. Right. He's like, got into a fight with this dude. Fuck him. I don't want to do this movie no more. And they, they said, like, they had to coerce him back <laughs> to finish the movie. So, wow. so yeah, man, they, they had that. And uh, John Landis and uh, Eddie Murphy didn't work together for years after that. Uh, so when, they worked later on? They worked later on because John Landis did Beverly Hills Cop 3. Right. He did Beverly Hills Cop 3. Uh, but, like, they were, like, throwing jabs at each other between that. And, like, uh, I think, like, Eddie said, like, fuck John Landis. And he was like, you got motherfuckers killed and shit. Mm, I think yeah, he said, yeah. and he said, like, I think he said, because they asked him, he like, will you ever work with John Landis again? They was like, he's like, Vic Morrow stands more of a chance of working with John Landis than I do. Vic Morrow is the guy that got killed on the Twilight Zone set. Dang. Yeah, that's what he said. That's what he said. And he said that shit. Those poor babies. Yeah. I didn't tell him to duck their head. You always duck your head on the chopper. But yeah, that happened. Uh, mm-hmm. Speaking of that, I love the Trading Places callback uh, with uh, the Duke brothers. Right. They're like homeless. Right. And he gave them the money. He was like, we're back. Back, yeah. I love that. That was cool. But, uh, one thing I do like about uh, John Landis is directing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's I, a good director. Definitely. He's a good director. I like the way that he captures the essence of a city. He does. I like the way, and I like the way that he directs extras. Right, yeah. Because I was talking about that in my Trading Places review. Because I was like, with Philly, when he was uh, doing Philadelphia and Trading Places, I was like, it felt like Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. You know, it felt like I knew Philadelphia. I felt like I knew those people. And everything, even with this, I feel like I, I felt like I knew New York. Mm-hmm. I felt like I knew New York. I felt like I knew the people in New York. He made it very authentic. Right. I like that about John Landis. I like that about his directing. But after that, they're like, there's really much, not much else to say about this movie. You know, like he, he gets the girl, the end. You know, that's pretty much it. Right. Uh, this movie, I think this movie really like cemented Eddie Murphy as a comedy genius. Right. This is the movie where it was just like, yeah, this dude, he he's at the zenith. You know, <laughs> he, he he reached the zenith at 26 years old. You know, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. he reached it. He's here. Uh, like Eddie Murphy also gets credit because he managed to sell a movie with all with an all black cast to a mainstream audience. You know, this is 30 years. This is exactly 30 years before Black Panther did it. Right. You know, and it made a lot of money. So, like, he's kind of, he's just the groundbreaker on that. I know. Is it is it kind of, like, similar to Black Panther, but <laughs> with this one and the superhero? Yeah. You know, and then, you know, with Eddie Murphy, he knew martial arts as well with the, like, the staff the scene. Staff. This was pretty dope. It's pretty yeah. dope scene, yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, man, I like this movie. This movie is just perfect from right. top to bottom. You know, you can give your thoughts now. I'm done. Right. Okay. Well, with my thoughts, when I was a kid, um, I saw it in the, you know, at home, and then I saw like the radar version, you know, with cable and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. When I first saw, it, I didn't really get it, but I did love the scenery. Mm-hmm. Um, I did love like the choreography of the dances and stuff like that i was even telling you the certain dance movie they would do the slip the slide that's my yeah. favorite part right there <laughs> there was it was killing it and then um they had um the the outfits i, I love the outfits you know like kind of kind of actually going back on your um african culture kind of make you wonder what print what they was going for and what like what tribe that these people were from? But you just went, we just went with the flow. Hey, know? hey! You know? I just told you it was, they were made by a Jewish ladies. So, right. So. <laughs> it was like which which tribe is it? Because it's like it's like no prince. You know the prince supposed to represent a certain tribe. But it was like okay, but it looks right. it, it looks great. It was beautiful. You know what I mean? Um, I like the cinema. The, the, the cinematography. It was a lot of colorful. Like they did the black people right, 
because mm-hmm. you know we we absorb light. You know, what I'm saying right. they had a lot of light, so you can see 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 the black asses. You know, <laughs> <laughs> see all them black asses. see all them black asses because <laughs> the light was beautiful. Like you can see everybody. You know what I mean? And um, the colors was bright. Even when they went to New York, where everything was you know kind of dull and gray and stuff like that, they were still able to capture everybody even the club which you could tell was a little struggle there because it was dark they did have the blue light there in the background but they they still made it work you know what I mean Mm -hmm. um the 80s culture I mean everybody loves the 80s culture you know like the style the hair the music right you know like if, if everybody was wanted to go back in time, everybody would pick the 80s or the 70s, you know what I'm saying? Because of the, the culture, you know well, what I'm saying? Reagan was in the 80s, but... But we're talking about more like the music in terms of pop culture and the style and stuff, like, you know... Like, I guess, yeah. yeah like even, and hip-hop, yeah. too, you know, stuff like that. Like Late e- 80s hip-hop was pretty good. Yeah, it's like, like even though the 80s was terrible for minorities, yeah. <laughs> culture-wise, it was the shit. You it know what I mean? It was pretty cool for that, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was the shit. So, um, what I like about the part that I didn't know that uh, Eddie Murphy was Jewish. Uh, I mean, was, he's not Jewish <laughs> in real life. I didn't know that either. But, but I, yeah. I didn't know Eddie Murphy was a Jewish guy. I didn't uh, know that. I thought it was like a young Jewish man who was painted up as an older Jewish guy. You uh, know what I mean? But it was crazy, you know, like how they were able to make him, like his skin. Because usually when you put like paint, like you kind of see the skin through the paint to kind of make yeah. you look gray and yeah, stuff like make, that yeah, whatever make black people white white you can see the gradients or if you make uh, white people when you black face white folks you yeah. can see it's it just you can see like that shit look like shoe polish like shoe polish or yeah. dirt or whatever yeah. but they really took the time to put the plaster on his skin and stuff like that and he did really good with the Jewish voice and the yeah. mentality and the mannerisms yes. and stuff that was pretty good um, what I, yeah, the, the dialogue, like I said, I didn't really understand the dialogue and I guess I wasn't supposed to understand that. I was too young for that, you know, mm-hmm. but then when I got older, boy, there was so many details I was missing in the dialogue. Like, like you said, the dialogue was phenomenal. Like oh, the, yeah. like the the every detail the reaction and the acting the emotion behind it and stuff like that like especially the part where um the mother and the father was talking to Hakeem with the first time they got married and stuff like that right. he's like oh I was so nauseous he's like yeah there's a thin line between falling in love and being nauseous and she looked at him <laughs> and then looked at Hakeem and looked at him again like what the f- does that mean you know stuff like that I thought it was her reaction was like very funny and stuff right. like that which she actually was the wife of, you know, she was the voiceover in Lion King as well. Yeah, she played Mufasa's uh, wife. As well as, you know, the uh, wife in Coming to America. Uh, Sarabi, Sarabi. Yeah. Right, yeah. That was so, her, That was actually one of her last roles. Unfortunately, yeah. she passed away after that. Yeah, yeah. so they were, like, married twice yeah, so, <laughs> in yeah. Hollywood, you know. Uh, Madge Sinclair is that actress's name. Yeah, yeah, they had, like, the best chemistry ever for, yeah. uh, you know, marriage and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, The dialogue was I was able to like understand it was like what I got from the dialogue it reminded me of comedic punchlines mm-hmm. and it was constantly coming too like every line was a punchline it yes. was that, the dialogue it was like every line was a punchline uh-huh. and and that was phenomenal because that's not every often like especially in uh, comedy movies where where you have a dialogue where you have a lot of punchlines. It's just like one good one or every now and then, but just every little thing that a person says is just a punchline. That was great. That was freaking great. Um, like, um, and another thing I realized too mm-hmm. was I was saying to myself, I was like, 
the movie was so well written too. Oh yeah, yeah. It was yeah, kind of yeah. like it, it got to have a little truth to it. I was like, what happened if Eddie Murphy like really met like an African immigrant at McDonald's? They became friends. <laughs> and he like I, he like he told him a secret. He's like, yeah, I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a son of a politician or something from Africa somewhere, right, you right. know, whatever. Or I'm a I'm the chief son, or I'm a I'm a prince, you know, from Africa. And he's like, "What the fuck you? Ain't. You ain't no goddamn prince for Africa." Just like, yeah, I really am. You know, I got my own money and stuff like that. And he's like, "Okay, whatever." And then he probably took him to the, you know, the Knicks. You know, what I'm saying probably the, took him to the game, like the game. The, 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 the the basketball game. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, they just see these African people like dropping down on knees, kissing his feet I and stuff. Believe and he's like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> you really shit like are that. for that. He was like, yeah. "I told you, man." You know. And he was like, "Well, why you were bring you over here? Like, you know, I'm just, I'm just trying to, you know, trying to find my queen. You know, trying to, you know, or sell my royal oats, and then I'm gonna go back and go to Africa and go get, go get married." And he's like, "Word." That sounds like a movie. That sounds like a movie. <laughs> That's what I was thinking because it was just so well written. Yeah. Right. So. That's what I was thinking about. I was all like, I wonder if that ever happened. Right. Like, because some of these African people, they come here and they come from royalty. For real. For <laughs> yeah. Real, yeah. But yeah. Yeah, that's, that's about it. Other than Daryl's hair kept on dripping, I was like, "Oh yeah, we were talking about that part." <laughs> we were talking about that part, the part where like Lisa got mad at him and she slammed the door and his hair started dripping. Yeah, he <laughs> got like he shook because he's scared, and then you see the juices flowing. I was like, "Oh my dripping. goodness!" That shit was hilarious. Right. All right, so that's about it. Scores. Let's give up our scores. Uh, you want me to give my score or? Of course, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say five out of five. Five out of five. I yeah. give it the same thing. Right. Five out of five. Right. And that was our review of coming to America. Join us next week. I got a good one for you, babe. What is it? Next week we're going to be doing 1997s. Okay. Booty call. Okay. So we're doing booty call next week, everybody. Till next time. Peace. Bye.